Hey, hey, everyone. We're on episode 106. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Today, I have a fun chat with Rylan Logan. She's the owner of Gray Digital Marketing. And unbeknownst to both of us, we actually live in the same town and didn't realize it till our interview. So I want to tell you guys first off that we are going to be talking about all manner of things in a very quick format, everything from what social media is good for and not good for all the way to imposter syndrome, and then touching on a book that Reland has been reading all about how to make money as a multi-passionate entrepreneur. First, before we get started, Reland is the founder of Great Digital Marketing and has a decade of experience in sales and marketing within the creative and fashion industries. She's tenacious, creative, a connector, a thought leader. She brings these talents to her digital advertising clients to drive excellence in accomplishing their business goals. Currently, she sits on the board of the American Marketing Association's Portland chapter as the VP of Programs and Volunteers with the Walk for the Juvenile Diabetes Association and Laced Up PDX. She's a proud mother to her son, Grayson, and in her free time can be caught singing in her car. All right. I think you guys can tell from that intro that we are in for a fun interview. Let's take it away. All right, Raylan, welcome to the No Like and Trust Show. Thanks for having me, Brittany. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So we came at our connection from kind of an interesting place. And like all things in Instagram land, I kind of feel like that's how the story starts. But we know a lot of the same people as it turns out. And we live in the same town, but we've never met. So there's that. I know. It is kind of interesting. I feel like I connect with a lot of people over social media. And then I just make completely new friends that, like you said, I've never actually met in person. So gotta love the digital age. I think it's fascinating how things have changed. And like realistically, if this whole pandemic thing had happened a decade ago, can you imagine how crazy things would have been? You know, now we have the powers of Zoom and you know, Skype when it decides not to not work for you and, you know, all of those things. But in addition to that, we have legitimate social media relationships that we've built. No, I agree. I mean, think about 10 years ago, we just had the bare bones of Facebook and MySpace. And not everybody was on all of those platforms. It was pretty much just geared towards when we were the young generation. Ooh, that hurts to say. I know, loud. right? But <laughs> when we were young, insert Adele song here. But it definitely has shifted the way that we interact. I think I personally would have been completely insane by month three if this was 2010, 2009 versus today, because I'm a very social person. And without that ability to have those interactions, I don't know what I would have done back then at all, being told I had to stay in a house and not interact with people like me and you are interacting right now. So it's really interesting that you said that. So you're a social person. I call myself a social introvert, meaning I like hanging out with people, but only if we can have deep, dark conversations. I don't do small talk and I don't like mixers, for example. But even me being who I am, where I do actually get re-energized by being alone and having solitude, this whole time period's been incredibly hard because I don't get any alone time in my house. So, you know, there's that. But 
it's actually made me realize how much I depend on relationships that I never really, I don't think I really actually valued or honored that in the past. Whereas, you know, having gone through all of this, I do have a lot of online relationships and I have had some really great conversations, but it's still not the same as being in person. And I think we all make social media into this be all end all thing for a business, but you know, there's problems with it. I think there's a lot of problems with social media and that's coming from somebody whose agency handles social media strategy as well as advertising in social media. But there's something to be said about creating that no like trust value in person. I think it's easier to bounce ideas off of people. I think that you can kind of connect with people's energy, but social media, it is a wonderful intermediary in this situation. And it is also a really great way to continue the conversation when we can be in person, but it, you're right. It can't be the say all be all because it's just a way to move conversation forward, a way to further connect and be in touch with others. But a big factor in being in touch with others is that in-person aspect of things. And, you know, I know you and I were talking earlier about how sometimes we hear you need to be on all social media platforms, which that's not the case because you're not going to be able to build those relationships and grow that strong bond with others that as humans we crave. Even if you are an introvert, like you were saying, or a super extrovert like myself, it's incredible the power of social media when it is done right. But I think that you shouldn't stretch yourself when we are looking to utilizing social media. I personally, I think TikTok is really cool, but TikTok is not the best for great digital marketing right now. But that's not to say that it isn't great for somebody who's targeting, you know, Gen Zers or the younger generation. So I think social media has amazing benefits, but you're right. It's not the say all be all. So I want to touch on two things that you said. The first that TikTok's not right for great digital marketing right now. And I feel the same way. It's not right for Brittany either. However, I did go and reserve my username because I reserve the right to change my mind in a year or six months or five years or, you know, whatever the case might be in the future. So I have zero intention of having a presence on TikTok right now but that doesn't mean that I'm not taking care of business. How do you feel about that? I think that's just brilliant marketing, personally. I think that you don't want, I mean, it's kind of like reserving website domain names. Like you want to make sure that you have the ability to lock in your brand, period. And maybe TikTok is not the answer right now, but that generation is going to get older. They're going to grow with TikTok. That's what they know. And so you need to be able to be present with them when it's time to be present with them. Right now, most teenagers, they aren't business owners yet. Some of them are, and I'm jealous of them because I wish I was that savvy when I was 16, 17. But, you know, we have to meet our core audience where they are right now. And if you would have asked any company back in 2008, 2009, if they were going to be on Facebook, they would have told you no. Yeah. No, there were plenty of, even even just five years ago, I actually, I still have a friend who refuses to open a Facebook account and she's a, a business owner and she straight up says, yeah, I'm the marketer that refuses to use Facebook. And she's kind of made it her shick and that's fine. Like that's cool, but that's not going to work for most people. And if everyone that you serve is hanging out on Facebook and you're avoiding it, like what, what are you doing? Are you really meeting your clients where they're at, right? No, they're not. I feel like if you aren't meeting them where they're at on social media, you're missing a key way to connect with your audience. 
I think that you can't be at home with them at midnight, but they can be with your business at midnight if they're just laying in bed and scrolling through. And so having that ability to connect with them 24 seven, 365, that is incredible incredibly powerful. Like it's so powerful. And it also helps you when you're having that in-person interaction or you are having an interaction with them outside of social media. It gives you conversation starters. Somebody can come up to you and they can out of nowhere be like, I loved what you had to say on your post about insert what that post is here. And it helps generate conversation. I mean, social media is a catalyst like I said, to keep building those relationships. And I think it is kind of negligent not to be on the platform that your customers will meet you at. Maybe Facebook is not the correct platform and that's okay, but you got to pick one. Got to pick one. So how does one go about picking one other than saying, I like this, this is where I am, which I think is kind of the de facto decision most people make. How do you find out you know, assuming you can't go and interview, you know, 20 ideal clients right now, how do you find out where they're hanging out? How do you know where you should invest the most of your time? I think it takes a little bit of research. I think any smart business owner, any smart brand marketer is going to tell you research. And maybe you're not interviewing those folks and saying, Hey, where do you make your business decisions? But if you open up Google, the powerful search engine called Google, and you type and ask the right questions, guaranteed you can probably look and see where your demographic is spending a lot of their time online, depending on what your goals are. I think for a lot of businesses that are selling something, Pinterest is very strong for you, especially if you're selling to a primarily female market. They are your go-to gals you need to jump on Pinterest. Facebook is really great if you are serving the media market, which is pretty much the lay of the land for most because you're going to find most of them there. If you want millennials who are making 75K or higher, you're better off on Instagram. Just taking that time to just Google your demographic and social media, you'll probably pull up a lot of information And there are so many tips and tricks. I know I personally have a course I'm creating that's just about finding your target market. Like that is all it is about and where you can find them on social media, where you can do what your research needs to look like, other tools on the internet that are very impactful for determining that. But you're going to have to take the time. I mean, it's not just going to be where do you enjoy being. That is a big part of it because you do have to engage with your audience. But if you're not taking the time to find out where they are to serve them, then you're just going to be spinning your wheels and nobody wants to be in the metaphorical hamster wheel. No one. It is exhausting and it's not going to serve your business. And the whole reason we're business owners is to serve the community so we can be free or at least free for me. I think that's very, very important. I have a little one. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously I'm in the same boat, so I get you on that. I love what you said that it's not just about where you want to hang out because I think a lot of people get really hung up on that. And that's obviously how I pose the question. So thanks for following the lead on that one. Very much appreciate it. But yeah, like the research element, I find so many people are just straight up avoiding. And I think deep down, we all know like that's where we're going to find the answers. 
So what do you say to a client who's just outright avoiding what they know that they should be doing? Brittany, do you want the real answer? Yeah, I want the real answer. <laughs> you can pay me and I'll do it for you. I'll just do it for you if you're going to avoid it, but you're going to pay me for my time. That's going to be the real answer if somebody wants to avoid it. I have had clients try to avoid both, but I am very firm that if they want to move the dial, if they want to be successful, if they don't want to be one of the ones that fail, they're going to have to put the work in. Like This is not guaranteed overnight success. Nobody is an overnight success. It might seem that way to us, but the person who is considered successful they will tell you what the grind was like. They will tell you what it took every single day. And it means doing the work. You can't avoid it. There are no participation trophies in business. So just do it. Just do it. You're going to be better off for it. And you're going to be the one who comes out on the other side. I love that. Thank you for obviously being honest, but also like it's time or money. Like, and usually it's, it's both, but it's time or money. You do the work, you put the time in, or you pay someone else to do it. And it's up to you to decide which one's more valuable to you. Exactly. That is the only two currencies we have. Time, money, the end. Yeah. So what is the biggest lesson you've had your business teach you in the last you know, six months, year about digital marketing? I would say the biggest lesson is that I have to be a consistent student. Digital is changing every single day. Instagram's changing their analytics. You know, Twitter's changing something. You can't just post an article. You have to read it, which I am all on board for going into an election year. And all these little nuances, you have to be aware. And so I am a super student. School did not end when I graduated college. It just keeps on going. So I really love that part of digital marketing because I enjoyed school. But that is what it has taught me is I can't rest on my laurels. I can't sit there and be like, I know it all because the internet just changed two seconds ago and we probably have something new to learn right now. I'm sure we do. Oh my goodness. So I heard something on someone else's show that I'm not crediting right now. Sorry, audience. But what they said is the whole deal with imposter syndrome is people forgot that they're lifelong learners. And I never really thought about it that way. So, so the way it was explained was something along the lines of, you know, you fake it till you make it. You start feeling like you're an imposter because, you know, other people surely know more than you do. And, you know, they're looking up to you with authority, but you don't feel like you deserve it or, or whatever. And because of that, people no longer are willing to ask the hard questions or say, hey, you know, I just actually don't know much about that yet. Can you guide me in the right direction? Because they have this perception that they are supposed to know it all. And it ends up being not just, you know, a mindset issue for them. It ends up actually really halting their growth because they don't feel like they're able to ask questions that would allow them to continue that path of learning. And what you just said about being a lifelong learner just kind of clued right back in there. I like how things circle around, but ultimately we're all learning. And in digital marketing, if you act like you know it all, like it, it won't even take a hot minute and you'll be left in the dust. Oh no, it won't take a hot minute at all. And I feel like imposter syndrome has been a big topic these days, like a huge topic. I was literally just listening to uh, the ladies from Go To Gal and So Money, I believe is Varnoosh's podcast. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. But both of them were talking about imposter syndrome and they were speaking not only to the lifelong learning piece, 
but they were also speaking to the fact that it's typically the people who are most successful, the biggest go-getters who sometimes fall victim to it because they forget that they have something to share of value. And maybe it is the same thing, but the way I say it may be different than the way that you say it, Brittany. And so it's so impactful because people sometimes need to hear it a certain way for it to click. And we add value. So I hope many don't fall victim to imposter syndrome to the point that it is debilitating. But I think we all face it in a certain way, in a certain light. But you're right. You can't stop learning and you can't let that happen to you because in a digital world, you will be digital dust. Digital dust. So on the avenue of learning, how do you learn best? Are you an audio listener? Are you a book reader? Like where, where do you go for your information? Are you a course taker, a book learner? What's your deal? Okay, so back in middle school, we had to test this. I am actually a person who equally learns always. So I can read and retain it. I can hear it and retain it. And I can physically do it and retain it. I personally prefer to be an action person. I feel like I do better that way. So what I mean by that is when when I'm listening to something or I'm reading, I take notes because there's an action behind it, a physical action. And when I go to learn, I... I like courses, but the courses that physically have someone's face, I know that I don't like letting people down. And so if I see them, I feel like I'm in the room with them. I feel like I'm interacting with them and that helps me learn best. And so I'm very invested in courses. I think it's one of the best things, not only to grow my knowledge, but also to feel like I'm interacting with another human. That was my favorite part of school. But I do learn always. I think that when it comes to self-motivation and really having mindset, I find most impactful reading. And if I'm kind of looking in the digital space or learning, I do best on course creation and just kind of pulling in that information online. And then I listen to podcasts. I am a doer while I'm listening to podcasts. And so typically I'm like doing the dishes or driving like you were today. And so I feel like podcasts and listening, I just get those like top of the line one-liners that are like, oh yeah, that resonated with me. Boom. Because usually I'm in a place where I can't be writing. What's your favorite podcast to listen to these days? I would say Goal Digger by Jenna. Jenna Kutcher. Yes. Jenna Kutcher. She's just the cutest, sweetest little like bubbly person from Minnesota. I feel like sometimes she has like this like great knowledge and I'm like, how are you not from a big city? But she is just a doll to me. She really just hits the point and I love how much of a giver that she is and how she likes to serve her community. She is a good one that I like to listen to. And then I really like listening to Go To Gal. She's so cute. Jacqueline Malone. She's funny though. And so I like my humor. So those are my favorites. And then a girlfriend of mine has the other side of sales, which is a lot of fun. Your favorite book, not necessarily favorite from an enjoyment perspective, but the best book you've learned from this year. It is called The Calling. It is by Rhea Goddess. It is absolutely impactful. It was great for me because I'm an everything person. I mean, I volunteer for so many different organizations. I have a brain for marketing. I did sales my whole life. I have a background in fashion. 
I also went to school for psych. So it sounds like I have just this like mess of skills, but that book really teaches you that all those things that shape you help you with your calling in life. And then also how you can make money by putting all those pieces together. Because some days I feel like, especially before I read the book, I was like a puzzle with all these pieces and I didn't know how they fit together. Matter of fact, I couldn't even find the corners in that thousand piece box. So it has been really wonderful and moving me in the right direction of saying, hey, all of the things that you are great at, there's a reason you're great at them and they mean something. So I would say everybody go run and buy it off of Amazon's virtual bookshelf right now. All right. What's next for gray digital marketing? Oh, great digital marketing. So many things are in the pipeline. I think one of the things I'm super excited about is being able to create Instagram filters for stories. Ooh. I know, right? They're so much fun. In June, I made one for Pride Month and Black Lives Matter together. So that was super exciting. But we're working on having Filter Friday. So every other Friday, bringing out a new filter for our users to engage with and lots of course creation. Like I said earlier, defining your target audience from a beach perspective. We like to keep things beachy at Gray Digital Marketing for our pineapple tribe. And we are also working on a course on Canva to help business owners become designers for those who are new to business and might not be able to afford mine or your services right away. Oh, so needed. Yeah. Everyone's just dangerous enough in Canva. Like they just need a little bit of instruction and they're, they're going to be golden. A little bit is a nice way of putting that. I'm being generous. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely a need for that. Well, cool. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Any final nuggets for us? Marketing is about telling your story always. And I think that that is going to be one of the most impactful things that you consider when you are doing marketing for any demographic. Consider your story and those you want to serve stories and you'll be amazing. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, Brittany, for having me. And thank you, anybody who's listening. Thank you once again to Reeland. We had a great chat here and who knows, maybe she'll make another appearance on the show because she and I had so much fun talking. We kept talking for another half hour after this interview was over. You guys need to hear some of that in the future. 